the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. For those of you who are joining us today, we're glad you are. And I know that you're all aware that we've had a lot of political tension lately in our country, and it's really igniting um, partisan politics, and the very fabric of America's unity continues to kind of unravel, unravel at the seams. Uh, fake news permeates much of what is reported as facts, all the way from television to the Internet blogosphere. So one thing is for sure, everyone claims to have the facts, but upon further inspection, much of uh, what is supposedly reported is indeed opinion. I think the question that one really needs to ask, Rebecca, you know, this divide that we see in government and politics, is that the root problem or is it merely a symptom of a much larger problem, specifically a lack of education in the study of the rights and the duties of citizenship here in America? Mm-hmm. We're talking about a lack of civic education this morning. Now, this morning on Education Nation, we want to take a look at how America made the drastic change from a civics-based education to one that obsesses over college and career preparedness. And we'll also discuss the dangers we've welcomed as a society because of our neglect in civics. We'll finish the half hour taking a look at how Liberty Classical Academy's classical education curriculum is combating this historical ignorance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and joining us in studio for the next two shows to help us make this discussion happen mm-hmm. uh, is uh, Jeff Button. He is our K-12 director at Liberty Classical Academy, and he has also extensively taught history uh, in grades 5 through 12, and he last appeared on Education Nation this past year. So, Jeff, welcome back to the program. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're right. glad to have you. It's glad to be back. Oh, good, good. Well, we know that um, the emphasis and focus we hear tossed around in education today is college and career readiness. And as vital as it is to prepare our students for higher education, a civics education is so crucial in understanding our rights and duties as citizens and self-government. So I'd like to start this discussion by presenting a picture of what civics education looked like in this country as recently as 60 years ago. Yes. Now I am holding in front of me this test that I found online. Uh, It's from 1954, and and I believe it was uh, New York, I think upstate New York public schools. And it's quite a test. So this is eighth grade, Mr. Kenny Higginite. (laughs) <laughs> Got a 98 and a one-half percent on this test. And it is pretty extensive. It's all about the Constitution. Has a hundred questions to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark and I were talking this morning as we were preparing for the show, and oh, I, don't, I don't know if either of us 
could pass this <laughs> test today. Wow. Uh, list the cabinet positions and who holds them. Uh, all nine Supreme Court justices, in your own words, tell us about the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. Um, and then it's got these wow. questions, some really fabulous questions. About my favorite, uh, personally, are, are number 59 and 60. Uh, here's, here's what Kenny said. So the question says, a constitutional law is, he wrote, a law in keeping with the Constitution. <laughs> number 60, an unconstitutional law is... A law not in keeping with the Constitution. <laughs> and he did well on that. I, was say, I think <laughs> that we, go, I think we need those very basic questions to be learned by our legislators. And uh... <laughs> yes, I would. I would like to forward this on to several people and say, mm-hmm. "Here, fill this out and talk mm-hmm. to me in November." Here, right? Uh, but then, even even in this test, when you get towards the, the, the tail end of it, there's just a couple here that. Uh, I guess are opinion questions, but they have right answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 98, 99, and uh, 100 here. Does a dictator consider the welfare of the people? And the mm-hmm. answer is no. <laughs> uh, can a government function without the power to raise money? No. And then the very last question, do wealth and power alone make a nation happy? And the answer mm-hmm. that Kenny said is No. Wow. And I just think, boy, this was not that long ago. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of generations, our mm-hmm. grandparents were taking these tests. Yeah. Uh, and if they're as good as students as Kenny was, they were doing pretty well on them. Mm-hmm. And this was public education, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, eighth grade education meant something a little different back then. But this was just commonly understood part of the curriculum, part of what school was all about, mm-hmm. making good citizens for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And so – what it, what it looks like is that there's a, an understanding of education not that long ago that our system is, is not a perpetual motion machine. It mm-hmm. has to be like a mechanical clock. You know, you had to go wind that clock every once in a while, right. maybe every day, maybe every week, whatever it was. But but the generation of up-and-coming Americans are like that clock. They have to be primed. They have to be um, – Maintained, mm-hmm. and the ma- the maintenance of your of your civics of your of your culture was once in education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's the thing that we do see is that uh, there's been so much less emphasis in that realm today. And I know that at our open houses we show the clip of the students who are not even familiar in at the high school level. Um, in a school in Olympia, Washington, of who is the vice president of the United States, and so things that would be just so obvious back in 1954 for most students today we can't take for granted they might know the pop stars better than they know right the, right the they're elected leaders officials. they're elected yeah. officials exactly so so jeff from this test in the mid 20th century we can clearly see that the students understood our government structure in depth really um, so why was a civics education emphasized so heavily at one point in American schools? Well, like I said, I, I think it goes back to there is an understanding that the system that we have is is rare, is special, and it has to be treated as such. It has to be maintained. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we may have just gotten to a point as a culture where we forget we're historically illiterate. Uh, it was not that long ago. And, and really, geographically, we're a pretty special people. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has uh, the rights, the privileges, the liberties that we do here in America. And, and I think that we tend to forget that. We tend to take them for granted. Yes. Maybe in the 50s they didn't. Maybe they just got done uh, going overseas and, and seeing what life was like outside of the United States. But 
we're we're not there anymore. I think we we just assume that what we have is going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. It's always been here forever because we don't know history, and it's mm-hmm. always going to be here forever because we're just kind of ignorant about how it works. Right. And therefore, well, this will be fine. I need to go work on my math so mm-hmm. you know, I can beat the the Chinese or mm-hmm. uh, the Indians or, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, and there are those who would even say, "Oh, history isn't even important. What is history important for anymore?" And and yet. Like you just said, if you don't understand where we came from, then we don't understand how to protect our own nation's constitution. Yeah. You know, we have to know what brought it into into existence in the first place, what it says, so that we can actually re- remain a free and open country. Um, and I think, like you said, they got that in right, 1954. Right, right, right. And there was Not the more. understanding that this is really special. This is really unique. Mm -hmm. In the history of the world, not everybody has had this. And this is on purpose, too. It's not just – Constitution doesn't just rise up out of the ground like a weed. It was chosen. It was deliberated upon. The founders knew history. And we might talk about that a little bit later. They knew what worked, what didn't, what Mm -hmm. needed to be adapted, what needed to be forgotten, what needed to be changed. They did this stuff on purpose. And the, the change that really came as a result of making the Declaration for Independence and then fighting the American Revolution, the early American public education system, they understood the need to prepare students to participate in life as citizens first, then workers and community members. So recently, you know, we're hearing much of how American students are falling behind the rest of the world. I know we addressed and touched on this over the last couple of months, especially when it comes to STEM science and technology and engineering and mathematics and how we need to invest in those fields so that our economy can stay competitive. And the real tragedy here is the fact since we've turned away from civics, okay, so that we could emphasize and really prioritize this economic advantage, we might be losing both. So I would like, Jeff, if you could explain and take us maybe through how and why we went from a civics-heavy education to one in which both college and career readiness became the primary emphasis in American education. Well, I'm not sure if I can say why, but I, I can certainly uh, touch, touch, uh, touch on how. Uh, the how, like we've already talked, I, I think we as a culture, as a people – have gotten have gotten lazy and we've we've gotten to a point of complacency where we just think well this is how it's always been it's always been this way in my life i'm young i was born in 1987 you know i started paying attention about 1989 probably and then it's been Two pretty years good later. yeah oh yeah i, I was <laughs> you're uh, a brilliant I was little a, preschooler i was a quick study of course <laughs> no but but really i mean i grew up in the 90s and the economy was great and if you wanted to start a business you just got one and then you just got a website and this is just how it's always been i mean we I am one of the last to remember life before cell phones. I mean, the kids coming up, this is how it's always been. I can look up anything on my phone instantly. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of that culture. We just assume that what we have is what always has been, what always will be, and it's going to be just fine. And and I think as we're seeing that, we're letting some of this just foundational knowledge go. And I don't know that that bodes well for the future of the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we're already seeing it. It doesn't. Right, right. We're seeing presidents come in, and the only way they can get anything done is to write an executive order. And then it just swings from one side to the next, depending on who's in the White House. Right, and then then the electorate (laughs) thinks, well, we got our guy in, so he'll ramrod through everything, and it'll be great. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's just this pendulum that swings back and forth, and and ultimately, 
the loss of, of liberties, uh, rights, and privileges of the American citizen. That's that's what really is on the chopping block mm-hmm. here. And as the pendulum swings, too, it's actually swinging more right. extreme mm-hmm. yes. you know, from one side to yes, the other. Yes, yes, yes. Well, speaking of historical ignorance, let's consider these numbers from a University of Pennsylvania study that was conducted in 2014. Of the more than 1,500 people that were polled, only 31%, and these were adults, 18 and up, only 31% of Americans can name the three branches of government. 32% cannot name a single branch of government. And then earlier this decade, and I know, Jeff, you had uh, mentioned this uh, this to us over uh, email over the week, Newsweek had issued the United States citizenship test to over 1,000 citizens, and 38% of Americans, they failed this test. Mm -hmm. So as we discuss this quiz, you know, also, if this trend should continue, could you explain some of the primary dangers that will grow or, or come in America as a result of the ignorance? Yeah, well, uh, those numbers are really startling, and, and I do have a, a handful of those questions in front of me. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're not difficult. I, I'm sure you put someone on the spot and ask them a question, they're, they're not going to hit it right on the head even if they do know it. But some of them are really like, wow. Well, you know, for, for number four here, who did the United States fight in World War II? Only – only 40 or excuse me only 60 percent got that so much oh four gosh. out of ten didn't they couldn't say i don't know the nazis germany oh. japan i mean th- this is not that long ago. there's still people alive that were there right. uh who is in charge of the executive branch now 73 percent got that right the president um only 39 percent uh could could correctly identify how many years a united states senator sits uh mm. in that body mm. and these are fairly foundational things we're not asking minute details of specific federal law that that only a lawyer can interpret this is really basic stuff and we're we're uh, administering this test to people from all over the world and expecting them to be able to answer it but our own people uh right. born here right. that grew up here oftentimes can mm-hmm. uh, thomas jefferson had a quote and, and he, you know Jefferson, you can quote Jefferson on anything. He, he just wrote perpetually, I think. But he says, if if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. You cannot mm-hmm. be a free people and ignorant of your own history, your own government, uh, your own culture. It mm-hmm. just will not work. Mm-hmm. And they understood that. Our, you know, our founders and and those earlier generations of presidents, they did understand that. And um, I know you asked earlier, Mark. You know what might have caused this change. Right. And I know we've done a show that talked a little bit about the the progressive movement and the influence of that movement on education. Right. And really, kind of shifting the whole idea of what an education is about. Yes. And it really changed from being one about, you know, passing on values and, and civics education mm-hmm. that would keep a country free to being much more focused on workers. Mm-hmm. And um, when that happens, and of course, the workers piece came from more of the whole factory piece right. that was developing, you know, in the Industrial Revolution. They needed more factory workers. But the progressive movement, even aside from that, right. really has a whole different agenda. Right. It and took that it a is step to further. Separate yeah, it, it separate us from our history. Understanding the importance yes. of workers, but also a guy like Rockefeller who said, Give me a nation of workers. I don't need a nation of thinkers. Yep. Yep. Right. So the ancient boundaries of the foundation of this country were being moved at they that really, time. They really, really were. Right. And progressives today would much rather separate us from our historical past because they believe that the the that the progress forward is always going to be better. They always think that. Right. And 
rather than looking back at human history and realizing that, wait a minute, no, there's never been. I actually just um, was with a group of women where someone had done some research on wars, and they found that there were only 248 years that were free of war in all of human history. Wow. Now, I don't have a way to go check that, but... That's phenomenal, if that's true. Yeah. So I think progressives need to kind of take a look at Right, at and those that, who don't but, learn yeah. from history are doomed to repeat right, that, unfortunately. Right, they, they absolutely are. So, well, it's easy to understand why Americans are not able to keep their elected officials accountable to their constitutional oaths to protect our republic. Really, from 1964 to 2012, Americans that believe government was run for the benefit of the people decreased from 64% to 19%. Mm-hmm. Despite all of the talk of the Trump administration's effort to drain the swamp, how do the public schools get back to making civics education a priority, objectively, as the founders intended? Especially when all of the special interests are tied up in the teachers' unions and the governors who veto every effort to expand school choice, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, that's a big question, and I know you guys have talked about it on the show quite a bit. I think that is... Uh, Education's primary focus has changed a lot. It's been it's, now it's a jobs program. It, it's a program for uh, building, construction, whatever it is. It, the the student uh, piece of that is down on the list, if it's even on the list at all. I, I know that if you talk about reform, the first thing that uh, that the naysayers would be, well, what about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. And really, the first question should be, how will this impact students? How right. will this impact children? Right. Uh, but that's it's not all doom and gloom. There's there's a, there's some bright spots. Uh, there's a, a nation, or excuse me, a statewide law in Arizona, and and what they did, I think it was passed in 2015, and I believe it was just this first graduating class of 2017 here that that had to do this. But uh, to graduate from Arizona public school, uh, these students are given the full the full hundred question citizenship test that we just referenced, and they had to uh, pass. Uh, 60, uh, 60 percent, 60 percent is kind of a low yeah, threshold, a but we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, at least that's a start. And they say, yeah. oh, what about teaching to the test? Well, fine. If you teach to the test, then you're going to know how many uh, years a senator sits, what oceans on the West Coast, stuff like that. Right. And mm-hmm. There's worse things than teaching to that test. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that could be a start, perhaps. But but really, it's it's more than passing a test. It's inculcating what makes a good citizen. How do we maintain this culture? Because... Uh, as, as someone once said, philosophy of government uh, tomorrow starts in, in the schoolroom today. Mm-hmm. And yes. no matter that, you never get away from that. You mm-hmm. never get away from that. That's the second grader. You put 10, 15, 20 years on him. He's going to be running government. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to be mm-hmm. running government. Mm-hmm. John McCain's not going to live forever mm-hmm. um, or whoever. They're, they're, this is this is just life. You know, mm-hmm. generations come and generations go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we have to equip the next generation to take that and, and run with it. Right. Well, and the fact that you mentioned earlier, Mark, that only 31% of Americans can name the three branches of government. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is so phenomenally low. Right. That's that's an indicator of what you just said, Jeff. It really is. That, yeah. And we, you yeah. know, talking about keeping our, our elected uh, officials accountable to their oath to office. Well, phooey, they don't even know what the oath of office is, what it means, what the Constitution, what's in there. How are they supposed to 
to keep them accountable. Mm-hmm. But again, with really just uh, the narrative that we see out there, even with the media, we mentioned in the intro about the Internet and what's being reported, what's classified as fake news. And especially, too, when you've seen presidents have to take executive orders, people are coming under the impression of not understanding that there are three branches. So you wonder yeah. if that number is actually going to get worse over right. the years if we have one branch that is right. uh, acting Dominant. consolidated yeah. and mm-hmm. making all the decisions. All yeah. The, uh, the, the yeah, that's the three branches barely. are now the executive branch. The mainstream media and opinion. Yes, yeah, isn't that the <laughs> truth? Oh, wow. You preach it, Jeff. All right. Well, time for a quick break here on Education Nation. But when we return, we're going to discuss the civics curriculums that are taught at Liberty Classical Academy, where Jeff teaches, and how these courses are combating the historical ignorance when it comes to civics education. Please stay tuned. It's time for education to awaken students to the best in life and to equip them for the worst. And that is why Liberty Classical Academy exists. Liberty Classical is a pre-K through 12th grade classical Christian school located in White Bear Lake. And families from around the Twin Cities are finding that it is the right place for them. We join a richly academic culture with a love for learning and a love for God. We are building students. We're building citizens that lead with courage and wisdom, that delight in truth and beauty. Liberty Classical is building students who lead, students who serve, students who create, Liberty Classical is building lives that inspire. Go to libertyclassicalacademy.org to find out more, to schedule a tour, and to see for yourself. Liberty Classical Academy, building lives that inspire. If you've seen Liberty Classical Academy, you know just how beautiful it is. But if you haven't, see it for yourself at libertyclassicalacademy.org. That's libertyclassicalacademy.org. Well, welcome back to Education Nation. I'm your host, Rebecca Hagstrom. And as always, joined in studio by co-host and Education Nation producer, Mark Durkin. And our guest in studio today is Liberty Classical Academy's K-12 director, Jeff Button. Today, we're discussing America's lack of civics education in the 21st century and the consequences that happen as a result and how schools like Liberty Classical Academy are teaching civics to combat the ignorance that is eroding our duties that are needed to preserve our freedoms. So, Jeff, can you explain to us why Liberty believes that the development of character and citizenship is central uh, to education? Oh, absolutely. Uh, character is so vital to a, to a robust and, and a healthy citizenry. You know, education's primary goal is, is not to teach students to read, although that's important, not to teach students how to add or subtract, although that's important, is to equip students with the tools they need to be good, productive citizens. Mm-hmm. And, and character, worldview development, that is crucial. That's critical. And without it, you've really done a disservice to students. So, mm-hmm. for instance, if you're a Ph.D. geneticist, and but you lie, cheat, and steal to get there, are you really a good citizen? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so much that, that hinges upon that. As schools used to understand that, even um, I got a, I got another quote. I love my I love my quotes. Uh, th- there's a gentleman, Robert Dabney, uh, back in the the 1800s. He was a professor at, at the University of Texas. Uh, he said, "To educate the mind without purifying the heart is to place a sharp sword in the hands of a madman." Hmm. There can be, therefore, no true education without moral culture. And then he expounds on where that moral culture comes from. And there's a book I read uh, a long time ago, and actually just this morning, and it says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Mm -hmm. Elsewhere it says, uh, seek wisdom, acquire wisdom. Mm -hmm. And it's not just knowledge for the sake of knowledge. It's how do we use these tools uh, to to build up the lives of others. That, Mm -hmm. That should be the goal of education. Uh, we we kind of get away from that a little bit when we focus only on 
what do you know? Mm-hmm. And liberty, it's not only what do you know, but how do you think? How do you how do you process information that's given to you? How do you filter through what's true, what's not true? Uh, that's that's a process, and it's a tough one, uh, but it's so crucial for students to understand how to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that really addresses why knowledge without virtue is dangerous. Absolutely. And another thing that I really love about Liberty, that they value the the Socratic discussions, I I believe, taken from uh, Socrates, you know, to help really glue both knowledge and virtue together. And I know this is very uh, key in the dialogue process with those with uh, differing uh, viewpoints. If you could share with our listeners really the origin of this type of dialogue and how it prepares students to be truly informed defenders of the republic and prepared voters to carry out that duty. Yeah, I mean, the Socratic discussion, it goes back, well, as you identified, Mark, all the way back to to the ancient Greeks. And, and, and Socrates, uh, he, he knew that you really can't defend something that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you ask a kid, what is two plus two? Well, he would say four, and that's fine. That's just a fact. He, he might know it. But you might say, why is this reliable every single time? And he has to be able to, to identify that and work with that. And, and uh, for reference in the book I referenced just a little while ago, uh, there's a saying in the book that says iron sharpens iron. And, and a Socratic discussion is really just guided questions, a discussion back and forth in a classroom. It might even be with the teacher just kind of supervising that. What do you think about that, Tim? Is he accurate? Is that correct? What do you feel that, that, that John's answer was not correct? And it's really the ability to take information in, synthesize it, analyze it, process it, and make it your own and then defend it and defend it well. Mm-hmm. And it's much, you have such a much more uh, in-depth experience than just, well, I know this because that's what Mr. Button said and so it must be mm-hmm. right and I'm going to write the answer down. And that, that's great because I'm always right, but okay. <laughs> but, it, but it really takes the ability for students to, to take in information and own it and make it their own. And then they're able to defend it mm-hmm. and they're able to do that quickly. Right. And even just the whole questioning piece is just such an effective tool too. you know, leading kids through questions causes them to have to think deeply about things and then they own it. Yeah. Well, and, and, you yeah. know, as we're talking on the, uh, the topic of citizenry, you know, going back to, to Kenny's test here, you know, we, we could have a lot of fun with some of these questions all the way back. At what makes an unconstitutional law? Well, the answer to that is a law that's not in keeping with the Constitution. That's great. But then how do we go deeper than that? You could say, is this constitutional? And he would have to say, well, it is or it's not, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be wonderful. And so few people, so few politicians even ask a simple question like that. Mm-hmm. We can talk to our blue in the face about health care reform or, or this, that, or the other. But is it constitutional? No, right. no one asks that question yeah. anymore. Seems right. to be beside the point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yep. that's and, the way the progressives want Well, Nancy Pelosi, yeah. someone asked her that, and she yeah. said, are you serious? Like, is that a serious question? Really? Yeah, yeah, it's on video. It's it's, oh, it's quite fun. I did not but see, see that. And one. what's been replaced is is what's constitutional with what everybody deserves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's right. the entry point with right there to, or even less, what do we want, mm-hmm. right? So, what are some examples of ways students are encouraged and maybe even required through some curriculum projects or what have you to engage the culture with their civics education at Liberty? Well, we give students a lot of opportunities to, to do just that. And as we all know, we just concluded a, a fairly cantankerous election cycle, and we had a number of students who uh, either had the, the responsibility or maybe the detriment to have this be their first election. <laughs> uh, they voted in, and we had a student election, a mock election at school, uh, had actually a couple of students volunteer at their local caucuses, whether or not they were of age um, to vote, they still mm-hmm. wanted to have a part of that process. 
Uh, there's, I mean, we, we live in a, a state that's pretty politically active, and so we take our students to a lot of events, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's White Bear Chamber, uh, Center for the American Experiment will host us uh, fairly often. Um, there's there's intellectual takeout. They've got some events uh, here and there that we go to. We take our students to the Capitol, so they get to really see. Um, we sit in on a committee hearing. So this is this is where the sausage is made. This mm-hmm. is what it's really like. And, and you can see the feelings, and you can see uh, the alligator tears that some are crying, and, and you can really see that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also uh, a group, the Minnesota Family Council, holds what they call Student Statesmanship Institute, SSI. And it's just this camp. It's just a week-long government camp. It sounds really boring, but it's not. It's actually quite quite neat. And they mm-hmm. are a mock um, legislative body for a whole week. They pass laws. They they really they take over the Capitol. It's always in July because the Capitol shut down. And they sit in those chairs, and they push those microphones, and they talk into them, and they, they get a firsthand experience of, of how this stuff really does work. And mm-hmm. so... You take a kid like that that's had some of these experiences and put three, four, five, ten years, it's really uh, going to be great to see what they what they do mm-hmm. with their education. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to stand out, and I think they're going to look a little different. And, yeah. and, and it's my goal, uh, more than just uh, getting academic awards, uh, that, that they are – good, productive, healthy, honest, virtuous citizens. citizens. Absolutely. That's the goal. That is the ultimate goal, that's for Mm -hmm. sure. And I wish that were the ultimate goal amongst all schools. Right. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.